Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation from my flagship station, WSB in Atlanta, Georgia. The phone number is 877-97-ERIC, 877-973-7425. Quick little bit of housekeeping. Uh, If you're on a uh, Cox Media Group station right now outside of Georgia, you normally would have Martin K on. He is under the weather. Uh, I'm usually on a delay, so they got me on live now. I don't know. You may get me two times today. That's all right. Face for radio, voice for print. You can put up with me. Y'all, today is a day of celebration. Today marks a momentous day in human history, and we should all be celebrating it. I mean, they literally defied the authorities. They wouldn't back down. They would not honor the authorities' wishes. They wanted to go in search of a truth. And my goodness, they found that truth. And we should all be very happy they defied the authorities. I'm talking, of course, about the Magi. Today is Epiphany. And they came from the east, defied Herod. And, of course, they found baby Jesus, the first Gentiles, to worship the God of Israel. Impressive we should be honoring this today. I mean, and when you think about the imagery as well, you know, it's very much like the Garden of Eden. Uh, God put a, a, a guard there on the east of Eden, and they were exiled. And now here come the cherubim. They travel west as if they're going to the Garden of Eden. You know, the, the temple in Jerusalem was designed to face to the east. So you would travel west into it, to the tabernacle, to the Holy of Holies, to commune with God. And here come the Magi now, not into the garden, but into the presence of the Lord, where there's not a tree of life. There is the bread of life himself. The symbolism is what? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we're not supposed to talk about that January 6th. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. It is January 6th. It is Epiphany. We should be we should be celebrating that. Um and, and the Magi and their defiance of authority. But no, 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 no. The media would prefer us to talk about uh that other defiance of authority the one they are they are in a dither about today are they not a year ago today a bunch of goofballs wandered into the u.s capitol some of them with malicious intent others were like grandmothers you know i guess we'll go in and see what's happening and we're all supposed to fret about it are we not um i want to play you right now uh this is c-span good faith of the american people to find the better angels of our nature. As we proceed, let us find our common ground, reach our nation's heights with liberty and justice for all, remembering the words of our great patriot. And in the spirit... <laughs> Sorry, I could tell myself, that's Nancy Pelosi speaking. President Lincoln. Nancy's yes. having her little speech. See, it's being covered live on CNN. No, it's even being covered on Fox. It's being covered on MSNBC. MSNBC is actually going wall-to-wall today. All of NBC News' outlets, uh, NBC, MSNBC, CNBC, and Telemundo, although I'm looking at CNBC right now, they're not actually talking about it. But it is wall-to-wall coverage today of January 6th on NBC outlets. Um, Y'all... I want to spend a few moments with you on January 6th. I I do. But I'm not going to devote my entire show 
to January 6th today because it was a it was an incident, a bad one, but it was one incident. There is a whole lot of other news out there. I kid you not, Brian Stelter from CNN, their media watchdog, is lamenting that on Fox News today they were covering crime and the economy and inflation and COVID. Really? You mean the news voters care about? Here, here's your bottom line. I'll give it to you in the beginning. I'll give you the nutshell. I'll give you the bottom line, and then I'll dive in. And I'm willing to take your phone calls as well. But the bottom line is the media coverage of this will be directly inversely proportional to the amount of care the voters give to it. In fact... If Joe Biden's favorables were above his unfavorables, there would be less media coverage today. What you are seeing happening in the media today is a uh, in-kind contribution to the Democrats' 2022 efforts. That's what this is really about. They, the media, and the Democrats have internalized that the Democratic Party means they're the only ones who care about democracy and you got to stop the Republicans and they see Joe Biden's polling and they got to do something. But I, you want the truth about January 6th? Do you want the real truth? I don't know that even you guys really want the truth of January 6th, but I'm going to give you the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth. January 6th happened because after the November election, President Trump and his uh band of of brothers there in the White House decided to concoct a series of lies about a stolen election. People internalized it, people believed it, and people decided to take action. A group of men and women stormed the United States Capitol to stop Congress from trying to certify the Electoral College vote. Now, along with the men and women who did this were a lot of fine people who were foolish enough to think they could actually wander into the Capitol. They are being maligned by the press, grandmothers and the like, for having been in there. But they were just curious, wanted to see what was going on. Everybody else was going in, so they did too. But while we shouldn't lump those together, there were criminal trespassers who stormed into the U.S. Capitol to obstruct Congress. Over 75 million people voted for Donald Trump. Only a few hundred went into the Capitol, and even less wanted to stop Congress from operating. Ashley Babbitt was one of those people. She was one of the people with malicious intent. She wasn't a hero. She wasn't a martyr. I've seen the security video. You can believe it with your own eyes or you can believe the nuts who were trying to reframe it as some sort of heroic effort. There were literally congressmen fleeing for their lives behind this class that Ashley Babbitt was trying to smash so the mob could go through a door in the Speaker's lobby and grab the members of Congress. They had erected gallows outside. Some of them were roaming the Congress looking for Mike Pence to hang him. It's a fact. By the way, being January 6th, you know if you leave out Schlitz and weed tonight, uh, the... QAnon shaman will come down your chimney and and have a good time in your living room like he did in the Senate. The truth is that a lot of the Republicans who condemned January 6th within 48 to 72 hours because the president doubled down on a President Trump, that is, uh, were pretending it didn't happen. Kevin McCarthy's a coward. He should never be Speaker of the House. He probably will be. He has no spine and he has no principle and he condemned January 6th in, in vigorous terms and then went to meet with the president and came out and pretended nothing ever happened. 
Now you've got some people on the right who want to celebrate it as if it was the storming of the Bastille. You should never celebrate the French Revolution. The French Revolution was bad. The French Revolution was a defining moment in the formation of conservatism. The American Revolution was a conservative revolution where the people, the founders, they believed they were entitled to English rights from the uh, English Civil War, the Glorious Revolution, and the English Bill of Rights from 1789 or uh, from 1689, and they grabbed hold of them and wanted to expand them. It was a conservative revolution because the American Revolution was about the colonists taking what they thought was already theirs. The French Revolution was a radical revolution in that they thought they should bring something new, a utopia bringing heaven to earth by throwing off the, throwing off the ancient regime, the, the monarchy. It was a very bad thing. Edmund Burke, one of the intellectual fathers of conservatism, condemned it compared and contrasted to the American Revolution. If you're celebrating Bastille Day and the French Revolution and comparing January 6th to it, one day you too will lose your head as you try to wield the guillotine against others. The truth is that it was not an insurrection, though, and it wasn't a coup. It was wrong. We shouldn't pretend otherwise. You shouldn't trust any politician who tries to revise January 6th as some act of heroism. But there are some other truths out there as well on this, truths the Democrats and the media don't want to talk about. In fact, they'll scream at you. They're already screaming at me for talking about them. You can't understand January 6th unless you understand these truths. Let me read to you how the newspaper described it. Thousands of protesters rushed to the Capitol forcing their way through doors, crawling through the windows, and jamming corridors to stop the legislature from meeting. That was in 2009. That was progressive activists in Madison, Wisconsin. That's how the Wisconsin State Journal described their effort to stop the Wisconsin legislature from passing a right-to-work law that would have undermined labor unions in Wisconsin. At the time, the protesters went in to shut down the legislature to prevent them from being able to cast a lawful, legitimate vote in a Democratic act, and Nancy Pelosi called it an impressive show of democracy for the protesters to storm the Capitol and said she was on the side of the people. No different than what Donald Trump said about the people on January 6th. Why was that not bad? In Texas, protesters stormed the Capitol in Austin to stop the Republicans there from passing pro-life legislation. They literally wore coat hanger earrings. It became a fashion symbol for the protesters. It preceded the, the pink hats they wore at Trump's inauguration. News anchors and reporters covered it as if the protesters shutting down the Texas legislature were heroes. In Washington, progressive activists rioted on Donald Trump's inauguration day, burned down cars and smashed business windows. And then with Brett Kavanaugh's hearing, they showed up and tried to block Congress from meeting. They tried to obstruct the Senate from getting its business done. And the media was on the side of the protesters. I remember NBC's coverage of that. They were totally on the side of the people trying to shut down the Senate from voting on Brett Kavanaugh. And by the way, none of this includes the Democratic efforts to undermine elections. In 2000, they claimed that George W. Bush was selected, not elected. John Lewis, the congressman, the civil rights icon, refused to go to George Bush's inauguration, calling him an illegitimate president. 
In 2004, I was covering the last two weeks of the election on MSNBC. Uh, I was writing at redstate.com at the time, and the Democrats were offering up a conspiracy theory that in Ohio, the Diebold electronic voting machines had been hacked and were throwing votes to George W. Bush away from John Kerry. Sound familiar? They said George W. Bush wasn't actually legitimately elected. It was stolen that the Secretary of State had collaborated with Diebold to steal the election. Remember, sounds familiar, doesn't it? Hmm. In 2016, the Democrats foisted a scam that Donald Trump had been put in place by the Russians, not actually lawfully elected. And again, John Lewis refused to show up at his inauguration, calling him illegitimate as well. Funny how that worked. In 2018, Stacey Abrams claimed that she was actually elected the governor of Georgia, and the media to this day allows her to get away with it. My gosh, if you question 2020, they burn you at the stake. But if you question the year 2000, the year 2004, the year 2016, the year 2018 in Georgia, the media, Harold, she has a hero. They give you a speaking gig. They put you on TV all the time. Only 2020 can't be questioned. If you're going to understand what happened in January of 2000. 21, you have to understand that history. Does it make what they did on January 6th right? It was bad. And by the way, this doesn't even include the summer of riots in 2020 that were supposedly fiery but mostly peaceful that came after small business owners peacefully protested and the media condemned them for wanting to open their businesses again during COVID and then told you you had a civil rights obligation to go march in the streets without a mask even if you got COVID because of George Floyd. The reality is the people who stormed the Capitol on January 6th would never have crossed that Rubicon had the Democrats not done so repeatedly. All the trespassers on January 6th did was escalate a little more from what the Democrats had already been doing in Ohio, in Texas, in Wisconsin, in their rhetoric on television about stolen elections. Every single one of these things is wrong. Every one of them is wrong. But can we really be surprised some Republicans finally got tired of two decades of Democrats breaking the rules with a media pass and saying, screw this, let's storm the building? Nobody in the press, nobody in the Democrats, they want to talk about that part of the truth. But you have to understand that it doesn't make it right. It's not a mitigation. It's not an excuse. But it paints the full picture. If you're going to hold one side to a standard and not the other side, the standard, the side you're holding to the standard says, well, we're not going to honor the standard anymore. It's moral relativism. I wrote this this morning. Let me read you this paragraph. It's either all wrong or none of it's wrong unless you're into moral relativism. No one should justify January 6th because of all these things that I've mentioned here. No one should use those things to excuse January 6th. But have you talked to people? People are stupid. They do stuff like this all the time. It's like kids. He's starting it. We're in post-modernity. There's no such thing as objective truth in most people's minds. They just have their truth. They want their truth, even though there is real truth. By the way, I'm running along here, but there's one more truth you need to know. There are enough votes in the United States Senate right now to overcome a filibuster and pass the Electoral College Reform Act. Electoral College Act in the 1800s is what these protesters and others used to plot keeping Donald Trump in power. You got enough votes in the Senate to overcome a filibuster and actually get this bipartisan effort to fix the Electoral College passed. But Chuck Schumer and the Democrats are refusing to bring it up for a vote. Why? 
Could it possibly be that they would rather bellyache about January 6th and use it as a campaign issue with the media's help than actually fix the problem? Could it be that? Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. I ran long in the last segment, so stand by. Those of you on the phones, I'll get to all of you coming up. Uh, if those of you just tuning in, if you're on a, on a CMG station, uh, Mark K should be on with you live. He's under the weather. Uh, so you got me now live instead of in delay later. Um, a couple more points on January 6th, and I really am happy to take your calls on this. But I do need you to know a couple other things about January 6th that I, I find really, really important. I'm getting a large amount of hate mail for a point I made in my morning piece on my uh, morning email that I send out. If you want that email, text DATA to 33777. I'll send you a link. It's about January 6th. It covers a lot of what I just covered, including links to the Wisconsin uh, State Journal covering the 2009 invasion of the Wisconsin State Capitol by progressive activists smashing windows to get in to shut down the legislature there. And you got to understand that a lot of Republicans, they, they just took a step forward and escalated. But I, I, I wrote something here this morning uh, in this piece, and let me just read you this that I wrote. Democrats don't believe Bush won. Democrats don't believe Trump won. Democrats don't even believe Brian Kemp won. So now, of course, Republicans don't believe Biden won. What were you expecting? Democrats stormed the Wisconsin Capitol. Democrats stormed the Texas Capitol. Guess what Republicans did? Two wrongs don't make a right. One bad act does not justify another, but people are stupid. If it makes you mad that I've said this, you might be part of the problem, not trying to understand the problem. We either treat it all with the moral certainty that it's all wrong, or people go moral relativists with each side escalating further. It's just a fact. But there's another fact, too, and this is the one that's really making a lot of Democrats mad with me today. Nobody cares. Nobody really cares about January 6th except the Democrats and the media. You know what the polling shows on this? That the only people who are persuaded to vote Democrat because of it are people who are already going to vote Democrat. It literally persuades no voter anywhere to vote Democrat. The media, though, they're doing their best to help the Democrats here because it literally is the only card left to play. When you've got inflation, you got short supplies, you, you got the economy the way it is, you got COVID all over the place, the Democrats have no card to play except scaring voters about Republicans. Hello there, it is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-97-ERIC, 877-973-7425. Let's go to the phones. Gerald, you're going to be up next. Welcome. Yes, Eric, um, I listen to you quite often, and I just wanted you to comment on the uh, news report that I that was on the uh, Fox News earlier in the week uh, regarding an investigation that Brad Rapsenberger is open in Georgia and the voter in the regarding the election and the ballot harvesting that they have videos of. They, he says, and um, there's two hundred and forty some people. They think participated in it with about five thousand trips to the to the um, uh, the ballot. Um, yeah, drop off. Um, and, so, uh, you know, what, what's you know, interesting I, here, I've reached out to uh, the Secretary of State's office. Uh, I want to try to get him on here as well to talk about this one. This is the first real credible allegation uh, we've gotten about real hanky-panky 
in the election. What is alleged to have happened, someone has signed an affidavit, says he's paid 10 bucks per ballot delivered uh, to the um, to a drop-off box, to multiple drop-off boxes. 242 people, and it's 5,000 ballots, not 5,000 trips. Uh, no, 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 I take that back. 5,000 ballot drop-offs, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, wait, I'm reading here. Uh, yeah, 5,000 ballots, 5,000 ballots, 242 people made over 5,000 ballot drop-offs. So 5,000 ballots, it appears, from 242 people uh, on a payroll getting paid $10 per ballot delivered. That's illegal in the state of Georgia. It's called ballot harvesting. Uh, it applies to both the general election and to the runoff. Now, in the runoff, um, given the margin of victory for the candidates, it probably wouldn't matter, but you're dealing with 11,000 uh, margin of error in the uh, general election. So here's the problem here. Uh, there are a couple of problems. One, uh, yes, uh, they should go to jail if they did this. There is another problem, though, in that you can't uh, throw out lawful ballots. Uh, you can punish the people who collected them, uh, but once the ballots have gotten to the system, you can't withdraw them unless there are enough ballots out there uh, to cause tampering. And a lot of people have the 11,400 ballot number in their head. It's actually about 40,000 that you need. The reason is because uh, over 30,000 people didn't vote in the presidential race in Georgia. You can't presume that all of those 11,000 went to Biden uh, because there were 30-some-odd thousand people who didn't vote. So you got to have 40,000 ballots. I don't know that they can get there. And this is under investigation. Uh, this person has signed the affidavit that they were involved with it. Uh, it's definitely something to keep an eye on. It is finally, uh, and it, it's uh, true, the vote is the conservative group out of Texas that found this stuff, uh, but the Raffensperger team is launching an investigation. They have found some people in the past who have engaged in ballot harvesting at small scale uh, and arrested them. Now, the, the other catch here, though, and this one is, is key, is you're not allowed to go unsolicited to people and uh, get them to hand over your ballot and then drop it off for them. You're not allowed to do that. Now, one of the big cases that happened in Georgia in the past in ballot harvesting was, and it was Democrats, uh, gathered ballots and then just failed to deliver them to a board of elections if they presumed that person was a Republican. They went into Republican areas and did this. That that was a big no-no in multiple cases. You can't ballot harvest, and you can't, once you've ex agreed to take someone's ballot to the polls, not take it to the polls. The other big issue here, though, is the consent issue. Uh, you can't ballot harvest. You can't go unsolicited to people, ask them for their ballot, and say you will take it back. But people can uh, consent for others to dr drop off their ballot if they are in some way incapacitated. You're not in Georgia allowed to have a third party take your ballot from your door down to your mailbox at the front of your yard. That's the ballot harvesting rule in Georgia. You can't do it. But if a person consents and says, yeah, I'm, I'm disabled, I can't go down there, then you can. Uh, so there is a nuance there you got to keep in mind. But this is definitely worth paying attention to. The issue here uh, that isn't in dispute, though, is that no one disputes that these were legal ballots, uh, which makes it very hard to, well, one, you can't throw out the election now at all. Uh, but two, uh, it's not disputed that these were legal ballots, which complicates the argument to some degree. That being said, I wouldn't be surprised if we have found some ballot harvesters in Georgia. Um, I would be surprised if we found 40,000 ballots worth to throw out the election uh, and, and we can't throw out the election anymore. 
but it also gives us a heads up for 2022 in Georgia. They have tightened now uh, ballot harvesting laws to even get rid of all the consent stuff I was talking about. So it makes it harder and harder for them to do. The key here is enforcement. And you got Democratic areas of the state run by Democrats who tend to turn a blind eye to this stuff. The good thing about the Georgia law that has been passed now, even though they're calling it voter suppression, really what it does is it allows the Secretary of State's office more authority to dig in and investigate local ballot harvesting issues, which is something a lot of people um, on the left think will just cause voter suppression. Not really. In fact, you know, in Georgia, where all this is happening, they had a bunch of municipal elections, including Atlanta, and no one yet is claiming that they were suppressed and and, uh, unable to vote. But that gets me to another big point here. CNN yesterday did a big story on how 17 states have passed laws to suppress the vote. No state has passed a law to suppress the vote. In fact, one of the states they're saying passed laws to suppress the state, as I'm very familiar with, is Georgia, where I live. And according to several nonpartisan groups, Georgia has actually now made it easier to vote. These aren't conservative groups. These are nonpartisan international watchdogs on voter integrity, and Georgia's process is now less complicated. The only complaint in the report is that they limited the number of drop boxes, but drop boxes aren't even a legal thing. Drop boxes were only allowed because the governor's order in the November elections in Georgia said to comply with Donald Trump's administration's guidance. And one of the pieces of guidance from Donald Trump's Homeland Security was to allow voter drop boxes. That was a Trump administration rule. People don't want to talk about that. But drop boxes was a Trump administration idea from the Department of Homeland Security. And so that's why so many states had ballot drop-off boxes that never had before. When the orders on COVID in the various states expired, those drop boxes would have gone away. In Georgia now, they're legalizing uh, drop boxes, but the drop boxes can only be used when boards of elections are open. They have to be monitored, and you have to have two people observe the collecting of the ballots. You can't just have one person who's a partisan who tosses ballots. So they made the process more secure. Voter security is not voter suppression, and yet CNN is peddling this story that this is all about voter suppression. I want to be real honest with you because I can, I'm can i not a prophet. I just know people, and people are stupid, and I can tell you what's going to happen. If the polling holds, Republicans are going to have a good election in 2022. And the very television networks that are devoting all of their airtime today to lament January 6th, will instead devote all of their airtime to claiming that the reason Republicans won was because they suppressed the vote. That's what's going to happen. No Republican victory is ever legitimate in the eyes of Democrats or the media. You can't understand January 6th without understanding that fact. You cannot understand January 6th without understanding that none of those people would have crossed that Rubicon and stormed the building had Democrats not already been doing it for a decade, being given a pass by the media. It doesn't excuse it. It doesn't make it right. But you need to understand that that's how it happened. And it wasn't a dark, dark, it was a dark day in American history, but it wasn't the the dark day that nearly undid American democracy. Last I checked, Joe Biden is president. Last I checked, a lot of Republicans around the country uh, renounced what happened. And last I checked, uh, it was even a majority of Republicans in the House and Senate certified the Electoral College. By the way, that 
even leaves out the Supreme Court, the Supreme Court that had three Trump appointees, all of whom opposed his position on election rules and challenges from Pennsylvania, Georgia, and the like. The only reason the media is doing this is because the Democrats don't have any other card to play. That's it. Every issue right now, Joe Biden is behind in the polling on economy. He's down. On COVID handling, he's down. On foreign policy, he's down. On education, this is the first time in the last 40 years where the Democrats are behind Republicans on the question of who's better able to handle education in the country. That's how bad things are for the Democrats. We wouldn't be getting what we're getting in the national press today but for the terrible polling for the Democrats. And when Republicans win in November, they will claim it was all voter suppression. They will claim that the Republicans stole the election, just as they've allowed Stacey Abrams to get away with. They've allowed Hillary Clinton to get away with it. You know, Hillary Clinton and Terry McAuliffe, Terry McAuliffe still says that the election in 2000 and 2004 were stolen. Hillary Clinton still says she really won and that uh, Stacey Abrams won as well. They're allowed on television unquestioned. Why? You put a Republican on who questions 2020, they're condemned. But every other election the Democrats have ever questioned, they're given a pass. Why? Because there is a media double standard. There is. You may not like it. You say, well, you're the media too. I am not the national press score covering politics in this country. Those who are tend to be biased to the left. And it shows. It shows in their coverage today. Now, this is all I have to say on this issue today. If you think that I need to spend the entire day covering January 6th, you can turn on MSNBC because they'll be doing it. I do want to play you a little bit of historical audio. This is Eric Swalwell, who has been seen down in Florida without a mask on after attacking Ron DeSantis. This is him from yesterday. Chris, I'm worried that if Republicans uh, win in the midterm elections, uh, that voting as we know it in this country uh, will be gone. They're already putting as many barriers to the ballot box as possible in Arizona, Florida, Texas, Georgia. And on the other side of the finish line, they're putting in place processes where they could reverse the outcome, even if we crawl through glass and run through the fire to get to the ballot box. And so uh, if they are able to win the House, uh, the damage they could do uh, you know, to permanently uh, make it difficult to vote and, and just alter the way that we participate in a democratic process uh, could be irreversible. And, and so uh, this may not be, as I, as I said, uh, this is not only the most important election. Uh, if we don't get it right, it could be the last election because they're also putting in place what I believe uh, is a way to make sure that Donald Trump wins uh, with what they're doing across state legislatures uh, to allow them to reverse the outcome in the Electoral College. And that's why I also put in a link to IWillVote.com, uh, a nonpartisan group that allows you to check your registration status and register to vote if you're not already registered. Uh, you, you got that. You, you got that, that if Republicans win in November, it's going to be game over. Now you've got, this is Clint Watts, a contributor on MSNBC. Listen to this hysteria also from yesterday. I, I think it's the central issue, and I don't think it's just national, it's local. I, I, for me, I would expect the next coup will not be national, it will be local, and it won't happen in 2024, but it'll happen in 2022. I think part of the reason you don't see the gravity really around this issue for for the public across the country is because it's very hard to keep your eyes on or understand because it's happening in local jurisdictions and municipalities. It's one or two people uh, that, that are election officials in different states or cities that are being targeted. So it doesn't bubble up to the surface and really draw that national attention, at least not yet. 
But what should we expect uh, moving forward with, with these laws that are being passed at state legislatures and at, at Congress, you know, in Capitol Hill? What you're seeing is a movement to essentially suppress people from their ability to vote. They, we are dis, we're seeing a broad disenfranchisement uh, of the U.S. electorate. And when that happens, then you will have something happen. It could happen as early as this fall where someone legitimately wins an election is not installed in office. See that? There's a coup coming. There's a coup. It's just, it, it, it's, you can see it coming. And there, of course, forgive me, this is Joy Behar on The View. I mean, uh, you know, I remember in Watergate, it took, a, it took a long time before they actually nailed all these people. It doesn't happen that fast. The wheels of justice grind slowly. I, I, I'm not losing hope yet, but I will worry in November if the uh, Republicans take over the House and the Senate. That will be the end of the beginning of the end for this country. The beginning of the end for this country. Remember when it was always the beginning of the end of the Trump administration and doom was coming for that? Now it's the beginning of the end for democracy in this country. Oh, the hysteria knows no bounds for these people. All right, we got to move on to actual real news, not the made-up hysteria from the media. But first, I'm going to tell you, if your house smells, we all get houses, pet odors, tobacco odors, fry odors in the kitchen, the oven goes wonky and burns your food, the smell lingers, get the Eden Pure Thunderstorm, it helps clean up the air. Now, I know because I use mine in the kitchen if I fry because we don't have an um, exhaust fit in the kitchen anymore. Ours broke, and it goes under the under the stove instead of above it, so it's very hard to find replacements. We just got rid of it. And so if I'm frying in the kitchen, I break out my Eden Pure Thunderstorm because instead of using the essential oils that, that mask the odor, use the Eden Pure Thunderstorm to eliminate the odor. Right now, you can get three of them. One for your upstairs, one for your downstairs, one for your basement or your car, wherever it's musty. It also gets rid of the bacteria, the mildew, the mold, and it's filterless, so you don't have to keep buying filters. You go to EdenPureDeals.com. You click on my name, Eric Erickson. Put them in your cart. At checkout, there's a discount code box. You put in Eric3, E-R-I-C-K in the number three, no space. You'll get $200 off. You'll get all three of them for less than $200, saving $200, and you get free shipping. At EdenPureDeals.com, the discount code again, Eric3. Hello there. Welcome back. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-97-ERIC, 877-973-7425. I have not forgotten about the recipes, folks. I promise I'll get them out. Let's go to the phones. Jerry, you're going to be up next. Welcome. Hey, thanks, Eric. Hey, uh, two things. One, I recently saw where the FBI lawyer who uh, doctor or falsified the FISA warrants back in 2016 he recently just came off probation and was yeah. literally reinstated by the D.C. bar. I saw where Peter Schiff recently changed text messages as evidence and submitted that um, as evidence during the January 6th committee. And I'm saying to myself, what, no wonder these people feel so comfortable literally lying to us and just talking to us the way they do. Who is going to hold these people accountable? Because I have almost no faith in any of the Republicans doing it. I just want to get your thoughts on it because... Look, no accountability. I, These people are gonna just going to push the envelope. This is why so many Republican voters went for Donald Trump, because you're right. I mean, the Republican Party as a whole doesn't want to hold any of these people accountable, and they won't fight. It's very hard to do that with this lawyer at the FBI uh, with the D.C. bars controlled by Democrats. But then that's the other thing, is how Democrats politicize so many institutions that are not supposed to be political. I forget whose rule it is. Is it Highland's rule or whatever? Any institution not explicitly designed to be conservative will eventually become liberal. It's true. We see that happen. 
there is an agitation on the left to move every organization to the left, which causes so much more distrust on the right. Uh, if you can't understand how much distrust there is for institutions on the right right now because of the progressive dominance of so many of them and progressives very arrogantly say, well, of course, because we're right on everything and science is on our side and there is no God, et cetera. I mean, it totally destabilizes our faith in the republic. You've got to understand all of that if you really want to fix what happened, if you're really genuinely concerned about January 6th. You don't just want it as a political issue. If you're really concerned about it, you've got to understand the precursors to it. You have to understand James Hodgkinson attempting the mass assassination of Republicans as a Bernie Sanders supporter and the media moving on the moment it came out he was on the left. You have to understand how the media did not condemn Democrats storming the Wisconsin state capitol and Nancy Pelosi cheering them on. You have to understand how the media actually assisted protesters storming the Texas Capitol to shut it down and how they assisted Democrats in trying to sabotage Brett Kavanaugh. If you don't want to understand these things, you can't understand how to fix the problem. The problem's just going to fester. And you can say, well, none of this was like January 6th. You're absolutely right. But all January 6th was was another escalation. So now the Democrats will escalate, and then the Republicans will escalate, and then the Democrats will escalate, then the Republicans will escalate, and on and on it goes till there's nothing left. Either it's all wrong or none of it's wrong. You can't have moral relativism on this front. The problem is we live in morally relativistic times where what's right for you may be wrong for me, and we're all supposed to get along, except when the prevailing elite in this country have a view of right and wrong that the majority of the country doesn't share – they try to impose their view on the rest of us, and they tend to be the, the amoral people that should not be in charge. That's what's happening in the country. Now we got to move on to the schools in the country. And you thought these last two years were crazy. Welcome to 2022. It's coming up and nothing makes sense still, especially in business. If you're a small business owner, good luck getting financing from a big bank right now. I can offer you a fantastic solution if you're looking for $750,000 or more in financing for your business. First Liberty Building and Loan. Let's say you want to buy a new building or you want to refi existing debt or you want to buy a company. Basically, you see opportunity for your business to grow, but you've hit a wall with the mega banks getting financing. That's where First Liberty Building and Loan and my friends, the Frost family, come in. They solve small business financing problems better than anyone I've ever seen. They say yes, where big banks say no. It's that simple. Look, just do this. Spend 10 minutes with them. Call them, First Liberty Building and Loan. Say Eric sent you. In 10 minutes, you'll know if you're a good fit for their program. Go to firstlibertyga.com. That's firstlibertyga.com. They help small businesses nationwide in all 50 states. Firstlibertyga.com. 